great future. We're talking real money. Thank you for joining us, as I hope you do many Saturdays or on the podcast, which is an everyday event now. Don McDonald does the daily podcast. We actually take the program you're listening to right now live on Como and turn that into two podcasts, and then we add in other calls and information. So we're trying to help keep you educated regularly. And a big part of the show is your questions and concerns. I got all kinds of topics that you might think, ah, don't care about that, but I want to know about this. Uh, what should I be doing about this little IRA I've got? Or uh, how do I take care of my 401k? Or I've saved some money. What should I do with it right now? That always seems to be a popular topic. So give me a ring, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. My name is Tom Cock. I'm the co-host of this program, Talking Real Money. Don McDonald has the week off. He'll be back next Saturday. We're going to talk a little more with Herb Weisbaum in a couple minutes, but there's been a lot of, it's kind of at the edges a little bit, a lot of whisper about uh, maybe the economy's getting ready to slow down. Maybe we're going to get a recession. There's a lot of suggestion that the Federal Reserve may actually now reduce rates to make sure the economy sort of continues on. And that always makes you nervous about the stocks you hold, right? The the equities, the interest in companies that, uh, that have seen, by the way, not a a downturn, not a bear market now in over 10 years. This has been the longest bull market run they're saying since the Dow Jones Industrial, or pardon me, the S&P 500 uh, was founded over 90 years ago. I mean, since starting back in March 2009. And so people always look at me like, well, why would I invest in stocks now at the end of this huge bull market run, which has seen stock prices go up Uh, the S&P 500, that is, by over 300%. And by the way, that's about twice as long as the average bull market. So people, I don't want to put money in stocks because they're risky right now. They've gone up. They may not continue to go up. Well, the reality is the second part of that equation is correct. We don't know how long they may or may not go up. We don't know if we could be headed into a horrible bear market. We don't know if we're headed into a very sharp bear market like we had in 2008, 2009, or the late 90s. And I always try and think back, were there any warning signs? Were there really anybody that said, ah, wait, there's a fire over here in the late 90s or in 2008? Very few people sort of called the next bear market. And so if you're just getting sort of set, you're you're getting thinking about retirement five, ten years down the road, what should you be doing? How do you protect yourself from all of this? Well, there are some things that you really ought to do because nobody knows. And by the way, if they tell you they do, that's when the conversation should be terminated. Nobody knows what the future holds. Nobody knows what's going to happen with the stock market certainly in short periods of time. We, we do know that stock markets do go up and down. Most of the time they go up, but they do go down too. So you should be prepared. And how do you do that? Well, the first thing is to know. Many of you do not know what your stocks to bond ratio is. That is how much in the riskier things like stocks, how much in the less risky things like bonds. Then you ought to know what the objective of your money is. Are you trying to make 4% a year, 5% a year, 6 10 Whatever it is, you have to know that. I guess another one would be also how how long until you need the money. If you need the money soon, 
we're going to say within five years, you probably should not be in stocks because there are five years of periods of time when stock markets are underwater. In addition to that, the other thing you should be doing is the portion that you want to keep safe, the portion that's going to give you the ballast when stocks go down. And as I said, they will eventually. I think Jason Zweig wrote today that there's no way, he says, as sure as the sunset, stocks will go down at some point and they will go down that 20% that you can call a bear market. You really ought to have the right type of bonds. Bond is a completely different type of security than a stock, right? A stock is an investment in a company. A bond, in my mind, you should only own government bonds that have always paid you back with the interest that they promised. Corporate bonds haven't always done that. You can certainly see recent examples with General Motors and others. So the right types of bonds. And then here's the other part. If you are investing in stock markets and if you're saving for retirement and if you're not going to use the money within the next five years, I think you should because nobody knows what the next five years are going to hold. You should be buying things that haven't done as well lately. What would those be? Well, those would be, for example, international stocks, which have seen far less increase than U.S. stocks over this last 10-year bull market run. But what you should not be doing, you should not be waiting for something to happen in stock markets. You should not be listening to somebody who tells you, hey, invest this way because the next bear market is coming. And you should know, you should absolutely know what your objectives with your money are, how much money you're trying to make, and then position your portfolio correctly with that in mind. That's the part that you can control. That's something that you can do. The rest of it, frankly, I can't do anything for you. Your broker can't do anything for you. We don't know what is coming next. We do know what's coming next on the show. We're going to spend a few more minutes with Consumer Man Herb Weissbaum talking about those things you need to know about. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do you need a little help with your investments? Set up a free, no-obligation appointment with one of our advisors at TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Appreciate you being out there listening to the program. Our telephone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Anything money-related, graduation, because what what do you do with with those high school and college kids to get them going on the right track, maybe 529s, any of that sort of stuff? Plus, we're talking with uh, Como's consumer man, Herb Weissbaum. Yeah, you've been hearing him for over 40 years. He writes uh, the tips. And, of course, you can read his weekly column, NBCNews.com. And you can get all the great stuff at ConsumerMan.com. And, Herb, you spent a lot of time talking about scams. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something maybe a little more uplifting. Well, before you get to that, what you were just talking about? Yeah. For the college kids? Yes. And think about why it's time that they get a credit card. Why is it time to get a credit card? credit cards are not evil. Credit cards are one of the ways they build credit. Yeah. And one of the factors in your credit score is how long you've had credit. Interesting. So with the kids going to college, now is the time to get them a a credit card. Where's the best deal? Uh, You have to look. There are some student credit cards with very low rates and very low uh, limits of credit. You can also make them an authorized user on your credit card. You never want to co-sign because then you're putting your good credit online uh, on the line and they can screw things up. But if they're a co-signer, you see what they're doing, but they get their own credit score based on that so you can watch things or you can get, help them get a card 
Gas card is a great way to start. Uh, gas, they're more lenient with people. What, who like a gas credit like a Chevron card, card or okay. Shell card or okay. something like that. That's a good way to start. A, a, a store credit card, they're more more lenient. A Macy's card, uh, something like not that. Not a Target card, apparently, because well, it doesn't work today. You can't so use anything there. You can't even use cash there where the computer's being <laughs> exactly. done. Just walk out with the stuff. Not now, a both of those have very high, Most they don't have annual fees in most cases, but they do have very high interest rates, which is another skill to teach your child. Pay your card off on time every single time mm-hmm. then you don't get those rates but those are easy cards to get you might want to get in some other kind of card that's a, you know, a decent card but they'll start building up their credit score and you have to pay the card off on time and teach them they have they should pay it off in full uh, and is then there the- a website to go look for the best card options there are some car- uh, what yes there's a uh, web nerd wallet has some cards okay. uh, uh low has cards uh um uh, card hub has cards there's some good websites that are reputable and i'll help you get the right kind of cards but a lot of parents go well i want to be able to to uh to keep tabs and don't want to get in trouble so we're going to get make sure they have a debit card debit card's fine but debit card does not build credit there's no credit involved in a debit card you're using the money that's in the checking account so if your kid goes to the entire college career and doesn't have a credit card, they've just lost four years of history where they could be building up a good credit card history. So when they get out in the world, they'll be able to get more credit, a loan, a car loan, whatever they might need. Now, what kind of, of what kind of credit should they be trying to get when they're in college? I mean, how much? I, I think the parents should work with them and keep it to a reasonable limit. Uh, you know, I mean, because it's also what you spend is another factor. So if you yep. get a thousand dollar card, a thousand dollar limit card, the way the credit formulas work these days to do your credit score, you should not be having charging more than three hundred dollars on that card. You need to teach them. It's called credit utilization. Yeah. So thirty uh, percent is a good range. Thirty percent or less okay. is a good range. So so okay. and people who max out their credit cards or go above, that's going to totally destroy yep. your credit score. So yep. uh, and one payment, I, I missed a payment once. Um, we changed my computer and my, my it was an email yep. statement and we lost a week's worth of uh, email and, and what one happened? of the emails was it was this bank statement from city card i owed 25 dollars, and it hurts your credit score and i was 32 days late because i missed it so that's yep. the key we're over 30 days my score dropped overnight 100 points wow one you know that's the difference between getting a loan and not getting a loan 100 points that's that's a category changer and i've, I've built it up and we've taken care of it and everything's sure. been, been taken care of now but that people go oh how much can it hurt me to have a late payment big time so for grads, I mean, you, you, a credit card, because generally you tell people don't take out credit, but what you're saying is do it, but do it right. There's nothing evil with a credit yeah. card. Credit okay. cards have the best fraud protection. They have True. much more fraud protection than the debit card does. Uh, if you if you get a rewards card, as I have, my wife and I have rewards cards. We get two points for everything we buy. Our rule when we got married was we use this like cash. If we can't pay the bill off at the end of the month, we don't put it on the credit card. We carry no credit card debt. We get it debt. We get at least two Don't to carry three, death either, no, by the way. Two to three free round trip airfares to Hawaii every single year wow. with the free miles. Where we saw each other last year. Right, right. That was fabulous. Now, one other point. If you don't pay your card off in full every month, yep. the interest you pay on the balance is going to wipe away any benefit from the rewards card. So if you don't so if you if you don't pay the balance off in full, don't even think about getting a rewards card. You'll be behind the ball. It's not for you. You got Herb's going to be here for a few more minutes. If you want to ask him a question, 855-935-8255.
Speaking of cards, I want to make sure we touch on the travel rewards cards. Yes, very, very popular. And yeah. what we talked about in the story is uh, that there was a survey done by NerdWallet that people think the rewards and the benefits they get are much higher than they really get. <laughs> so if you're going to get a rewards card, uh, that's what you need to realize is what the well, what you can get for those bonuses, like the 50,000 miles or points and that kind of thing. There are literally two kinds of travel rewards cards that you have to figure out what's best for you. There are ones that you can that are just basically rewards cards that can be used for anything. And there are ones that come from a, a carrier, an airline, a hotel, one of the brands. If you always travel a certain airline, Alaska Airlines, Delta Airlines, United Airlines, if you always go to a certain hotel, you always go to a Starwood property, you always go to a sure. Hilton property, getting their credit card makes sense because, A, you're going to be using it. They usually give you bonuses for being their member, so they'll give you room discounts. Uh, airplanes, you get a free bag. Uh, you know, With Alaska Airlines, you get the companion fare. So there are added benefits to using that. You could have two cards. You could have one that's a general travel card and one that's – so that's what you have to sort of figure out which sure. one you want to do the rewards cards as i said always have higher interest rates if you're going to have a rewards card you've got to pay the balance off in full every single month or you'll be in the hole but that's the big factor that people have to really think about which way am i going to go with these things and is there one that you really like no the article lists some and, okay. and links to ones that rate them a lot of it depends on on where you're staying and what you're doing the, one of the bigger things in my story was don't hoard them for too long you know the rules can and do change especially oh, for yes, airlines that, yeah. so i'm saving up for the next 20 years sure. to that lifetime trip when i'm seven Right. By then, it may be three times the miles or points that are required. Uh, Oh, and also, it's a new scam front. These things are like cash. Bad guys are wiping out people's Uh, mile accounts and stealing. So make sure you have a good password that's not any other password to use, a nice, strong password. If you're listening to me and don't go in and change it right now because they are getting into these things. If they steal your Netflix account password and it's the same on your travel reward card, they will get that in there and they'll steal all your points and they'll go buy themselves free airline trips. And basically, I don't think they're going to do anything for you. Is there an airline mileage plan you like better than another? Uh, I I got on an Alaska card, one of my cards, because of the companion fare, which is really good, and the free baggage. The free bag, that's really, really good. And then I have, a, a, and I'm not saying these are the ones you get, but I get a adventure reward card oh. because I didn't want to have to think about is there five points this month for gas and three points this month for lodging. I get two points, whatever I do. And then they have what's called a trip eraser. So I went to Hawaii. I couldn't, I didn't have enough miles to get the second ticket for free last year, but I could go in up to six months later. I had enough points accumulated and just wipe that charge out and I got the cash back in my account. Wow. And some people like that. You know, some rewards yeah. cards give you, can you, what can I get with it? Can I just get, flights can i just get hotels maybe i want cash back there are ones that give you cash that gives you the maximum flexibility so that's why you really have to stop and think but this article on my website runs through everything and gives you links to where you get more information so you can help make that that's decision. consumerman.com you got it can you hang five more minutes for you five minutes i'll get a coffee mug i'll stick right. around <laughs> 855-935-8255 questions on anything consumer related for herb anything else money related For me, Tom Cock, we'll continue here with Talking Real Money in just a moment. Tom and Don are talking real money. Just about everything you need to know about money can be found at our website, TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to the show. 855-935-8255 is the telephone number. I forgot to mention that if you call and ask a question, we send you a book. We want you to be educated about all things money 
and retirement. We've written some absolutely fantastic books, and we send that out to you. There's no obligation. We don't call. No robocall will be made. There's no scam involved. It's just really what it says. So, And uh, Herb Weisbaum, who is the Como's consumer man and writes regularly for NBCNews.com, has agreed to stay for a few more minutes. My question, my big question to you is, yes. when you look at this whole landscape, I mean, you're a guy who goes to the conferences, mm-hmm. you hear from people all the time, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. What is the biggest problem we all face is it sort of security of our cards and internet and all that is that sort of the thing people should be most wary about well there's a couple things first of all there's uh, there's digital fraud the whole cyber scam and all that kind of thing that's just out of control there is the lack of privacy uh which if you go to conferences as i do the europeans really have it down they believe you own your data and if somebody wants it they have to pay you for it or, or get your permission in our country it's like give me a free app i'll give you everything you, what do you want my blood type my social security number my kids whatever and and we and we're going to pay for that in the long run we are in a very crazy that somebody's going to steal that and well, then the, use it was as these algorithms get smarter i mean you heard the story that a store predicted a girl was yep. pregnant before yep. she she even told her parents and sent her coupons for she was pregnant i mean this is we're getting into creepy land now uh it, the minority report is really is really starting yep. to happen and i think we're going to regret the fact that we everybody has everything about us government private everything i think we're going down a really dangerous path and i I was actually in uh, last year, a year and a half ago, in Lisbon for a conference, international conference. They think we're crazy. I mean, they really, really the, think the we're people crazy. have access to all this it's information. Like, you, do you know what you can do? I mean, you can right. stalk people. You can yeah. you can do all kinds of things. You can steal. You know, they they use all this stuff, and then bad guys, and they get this access to this too. It's just it's just crazy time. And the third thing, and I was a keynote speaker uh, in April at the National Consumer Assembly Conference, and I said when I started doing this back in '81, they were clearly good guys and bad guys. So big companies were basically mostly good. Yep. And then the bad guys were the criminals. And then we got to the point where the companies were starting to get to the line, getting them right up to the legal line, and then the bad guys were still the bad guys. And now we have corporate behavior. This is built into the system now. We've seen this with the big banks and the telecoms, et cetera. You cross the line. You do scammy, fraudulent things. You get caught by the, the law enforcement. You go, oh, my God. Shouldn't have done That it. was another division. Yeah. How did right. that possibly? Ugh. We'll never, ever do it again. Yes or no, and then they fine them, and then the fine, which sounds horrendous, is a cost of doing business, and they write it off their taxes. By the way, that happens a lot in our industry. <laughs> the securities and, 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 industry uh, is full of people yeah. that have written forty million dollar check. No problem, we're off the hook. We're right. doing it again, right? And yes. I said mm. at the conference, if we want to do something to change behavior, the first thing when there's a democratically controlled House and Senate, if there ever is, they should good pass luck a bill. with that. Yes. they should pass <laughs> a bill that says that if you get fined, you cannot write off your taxes. Make it oh. hurt. Or so, or put some people behind bars like you're doing with yeah. the opioid situation now. Sure. Make it really cost them. Not that it's a cost doing business, sure. but that is now in the marketing plan. The marketing plan is to cross the line and then say mea culpa, and yep. then and that's disgusting. These are really big companies that have, we're just a commodity to these guys now. Yep. We're just there to give them, give them their money and we're going to make the money and we're going to tell you what to do. I find that really sad and I find it sad that we've given up and just sort of rolled over and said, give me something for free and I'll give you everything you want. Yeah. Which is sad. Hey, I want to say thank you for joining me today. Thank you for being part of our retire meets, which I think you're already on board for one February, next absolutely. February. Herb very kindly comes and speaks at that every year. And it's a people, great event. Great, great ab- event. That's very kind. People absolutely love it. So thank you for that. I do want to mention uh, that next Saturday 
is really probably our most comprehensive planning class ever. Don wrote that, but I think he's right. I'll be doing it with Barb Devereaux, and we'll be talking about some of the topics we normally do about sort of portfolio construction, how to use index funds, how to create retirement income, Social Security, those things. But then we're adding in a discussion about long-term care. Should you own it? The trade-offs with all of that, which Barb Devereaux is going to spend time on, and the lifestyle concerns most of us have in retirement. It's two hours. It's next Saturday morning, the Real Retirement Roadmap. Tickets are available now. It's in Bellevue. Tickets available at TalkingRealMoney.com. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I believe in helping everybody become a better investor. That's why we offer lots of free knowledge at TalkingRealMoney.com. We're talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Tom Cock here, Don McDonald with the day off. Want to thank our friend Herb Weisbond for coming by and helping us about all those somewhat difficult consumer issues. His job's not to scare you, but his job's to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, protecting yourself from, as he said, the bad guys who are out there. And my job is to help answer all your questions. So ring us up. A call now will get right through. Number two, you will get a book. We've got several books on uh, investing in retirement. They're written in plain English. And all you have to do is call and we'll send you the book. Ask a question. 855-935-8255. is the telephone number. You know, we try to help all of you in every stage of your life when it comes to money. Now, Herb just mentioned uh, this whole aspect of if you have someone just graduated from college, for example, kind of what do you do? Well, and, and actually he was saying even going into college, you should have a credit card of some type um, and then learn the good habits, right, of not using more than 30% of the credit, of paying it off every month. I'm not sure if I went to college with a credit card that I wouldn't have taken it right to the max and that would have been it. My dad would have called me and said, Duh, we're closing that card. we got to pay it off. But what about when you finish college? I mean, this aspect of starting employment, and this is a good time, especially in the Seattle area, to be starting work uh, other than the cost of all of the, your, your lifestyle is very expensive here now. But certainly the job market is a very, very good one. Um, There's a few technology companies that are hiring a lot of people. Kind of the employment, unemployment rate is very, very low. Wages are pretty decent for newly minted college graduates. But this topic comes up like, so what advice do we give to people who are just graduating? And and I started the show a little bit talking about my father, who was um, (laughs) in many ways the guy I always thought knew me best of anybody else, including all my friends. Uh, And I had a wonderful relationship with him, passed away gosh, almost 15 years ago, but he never really talked to me about saving money. I mean, it wasn't, he did talk to me about, you know, not going into debt. He did talk to me about, you know, living on less than you bring in. He had lived through the Great Depression. He'd seen very, very tough times for his father and his father's co-workers in the railroad industry. In fact, uh, my grandfather turned down a job promotion, I think it was not long after the Great Depression, because he was just sort of scared. He just kind of wanted to stay in the job he had. He knew it. He didn't want to take the risk. Uh, My father was completely opposite of that, a guy who, uh, self-made man, became a physician, and then 
did a change in the middle of his life to go back in the military, which he'd been in in World War II, to, to, to create a pension that he would live on, he and my mom, in retirement. But my dad didn't really talk to me about saving. And I think this is really at the crux of the matter. Because if you're 25, 50 years old looks like ancient. I am never going to be 50. I'm not living that long. And if I do, something will come, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is uh, the power of compounding, if you can set something aside today and let stocks grow, the value of stocks and dividends grow over time, it is huge. Here's the other part. For those of you who say, I don't want to be in a 401k because I need the money and I don't want to save for the future, most 401k plans have a match of some kind, right? They have free money they give you. There is nowhere else I know of where you're going to get that sort of free money. There's no place on the street to stop and pick that up. So you're going to want to know, you're going to want to get that free match. You're going to want to get that long-term compounding of stocks and bonds for those of you who want to have something a little less conservative there. But wow, if you're in your early 20s, I don't think you should have very many bonds in your portfolio. Of course, a bond is a completely different type of security than a stock. Stock is ownership in a company. A bond is a loan, if you will. It's a piece of paper that says that uh, corporation or government will pay you back at a certain interest rate in a certain period of time. Completely different. So you really should, young people, if you're listening, yes, you should be saving. If you have someone who's graduating, you should get them started saving. If they're a teenager and they have income, you should get them started saving. Setting something aside for the future is huge. Taking advantage of compounding is immense. And just the habit of spending less than coming in is a very important one to get into immediately upon graduation. Hope that helps. We're going to come back, talk to Ruth, talk to you. 855-935-TALK. 855-935-8255. Your questions and calls straight ahead here on Talking Real Money. It may not be the sexiest website in the world, but it's your one-stop shop for real money information, TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Here every week to make your life better when it comes to money, finances, difficult questions, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Let's go to the telephones. Ruth joins us now on Talking Real Money. Hi, Ruth. Hi. How can I help you today? Well, I'm just wondering, as a grandparent, uh, is there some kind of um, place you could put some money for your grandchildren that will stay in the uh, fund until they retire, that you could help them learn how to save for retirement? Wow, that's a great question because... Yeah, there are custodial accounts where you would actually. How old is your? Uh, how old are your grandchildren? Well, I've got one that's twenty-one, and then I've got another one that's sixteen. Um, so, and then some a couple younger. But I'm just thinking, you know, for the one who's yep. in his early twenties, uh, something like that would be a good start. I think that's and fantastic. Maybe- 
Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So the 21-year-old, does the 21-year-old have any earned income, either W-2 or 1099? So here's something you could do as a grandparent. So they could open, you could help them open a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA is money that's already been taxed. So it goes in post-tax and then it grows tax-free. So here would be a chance for a 21-year-old to have 40 years of growth tax-free. Here's what you could do because oftentimes 21-year-olds are not the best at saving. You could do, right. and they can save. I believe I always forget the. I always forget the number. I think it's fifty five hundred dollars. I'm gonna look it up. But it, it, however much they made this year, for example, if they made four thousand dollars, they could put away four thousand dollars in a Roth IRA. Now, here's the part where you're gonna help, because they oftentimes are not savers. I'm just looking up the limits here, because I think they changed last year. Uh, you are the one who could make the, the contribution. In other words, they wouldn't have to actually save anything. The Roth contribution limit for this year is $6,000, by the way, and I think over 50, it's 7,000. But so if they made, for example, $3,000 and you wanted to put that away, you can actually be the person who puts that money away for them. They wouldn't have had to have saved it themselves. They would then see growth. I would do that at Vanguard, for example. You'd open a Roth IRA uh, at Vanguard for that young person and put it in the uh, VT Wax. V is in victory. T is in Tom. W-A-X. It's one mutual fund. It holds over 8,000 securities. It does it at a very low cost. And I would hope for growth of between 8 and 10% a year. And wow, what a difference that would make for a young person in 40 years. I did it for my 11-year-old who actually worked for her mother. So she had she has a family-owned business, so she can work even underage. She had income. She's in the VTWAX. She will not look at that money, I hope, until after I'm long gone. But she'll, uh, she'll love me for getting her started saving at a very young age. And that's something you could do for your, your uh, grandchild as well, Ruth. Great. Okay. That's good information. Thank you for listening. And again, um, for any person, if you want to help someone start saving, they the Roth IRA is perfect because you could do it for a 16-year-old too. If they have any earned income, they can put up to, if they again, whatever topping amount they had. So let's say a 16-year-old earned $2,000 last year. They can put up to $2,000 in a Roth. It doesn't have to be that same money. You as the grandparent could be the one who actually writes the check and they're going to see those decades of growth in that money. I think it's a fantastic gift, almost better than anything else you can do. Because it, it, it shows that in 10 years, they're going to look at that and be astounded at the amount of money. And they're going to see that this is something that they should be doing in the long term. Thank you, Ruth, for the phone call. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Layla joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Layla. Hello. Good afternoon. This is Layla. Layla. I am. Yes. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yes, I'm 50, 58 years old, and I work part-time. My husband is self-employed, and um, and uh, I carry the insurance through work. But my uh, the bread and butter is really our, our my husband's self-employment. So uh, and, um, I would like to retire soon because it seems like I've been having more and more medical problems. So 
through work, my insurance. That's the only insurance we have as a family, my husband and I. And uh, my question is, I have, I will not have insurance if I retire, and I don't know what to do for insurance if I ever retire because I don't want to be um, sixty and sickly. Yeah. No. And, and does your husband so have insurance through through his self employment? No. No, sir. He so, just he's just buying it on the economy. He's buying it through one of the exchanges, something like that. Um, no, uh, he is through, uh, he is under my family plan. Okay. So the, the whole thing is, the question is, if you retire, then neither of you yes. would have health coverage. That, is that what I'm getting at here? That's, that's, that's exactly right. And the yes. reality, the reality is in the world we live in today, you will have to wait until age 65 for Medicare. Yes. And so you'd have to go buy a policy somewhere else, a private policy, which, as you may know, there's a range of plans. There are the exchanges. It's it's a somewhat complex situation for someone to go buy this on their own. Yes. And I don't have some other I don't have another way to uh, another idea really around that, because you are going to have this period of time before you're Medicare eligible to take advantage of a more government type of plan. I mean, my my take right. on all this is, frankly, because people ask us all the time, is to work part-time. There are a lot of companies, big companies, good companies, Starbucks among them. Mm-hmm. And you maybe say, I don't want to work at Starbucks. But other companies where you can work as little as 20 hours a week and get health benefits. Okay. Uh, and, okay. And, and in fact, I know you called and got the book. I will send you the list. We have a list. Somebody put a list together at work of, I think it's like 30 companies where you can work part-time and you get healthcare coverage. I've always thought that was a great idea because, you know, that's a way to get coverage. You have to work something, but you get a little income from that and it takes care of that huge healthcare problem, which, which frankly is a real problem, especially if you're going to need uh, some sort of, you know, as you say, help if you, if you're ill or whatever it is. And we never know when that yeah. any of us may need more help than we think. But if you're already kind of there, so we'll we'll make sure we send you that list because we actually have a list of um, of of part time employment where you can get health care coverage. Does that help? Yes, and I was wondering if there's any way or any place where I can, or maybe some website where I can look for private insurance. You know, I don't know enough to know. Yeah, I I would I don't know off the top of my head where that would be. Uh, but the state of Washington has ex- insurance exchanges and I'm not sure how you exactly would access that, but but you could probably go online and find those because they there are places there that have those uh, that have those uh, 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 policies for people like you that are looking for all that so thank you for the call i hope you'll join me next saturday with barb Devereaux talking about long-term care talking about social security retirement income and how to live out your life in retirement and do it well real retirement roadmap next saturday in bellevue that's the 22nd get a ticket right now they're less expensive today than they will be next saturday talkingrealmoney.com talkingrealmoney.com Tom and Don are talking real money Would you like to talk to a real investment advisor for free? Set up an appointment at talkingrealmoney.com Your guides to a really great financial future Tom and Don are talking real money
Get educated on our most comprehensive retirement planning class ever next Saturday. Real Retirement Roadmap in Bellevue. That's Saturday, January 22nd, 9 a.m. Residents in in Bellevue. And you can register right now. Easy to do. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com. That's TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, knowing can accurately consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.